Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. For wisdom and not reason When you pray Let his name be your petition When you pray When you pray Oh, when you pray Pray, pray God, show us the way Show us Lead us in your 
Battle-ready prayer. Praises be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I give thanks for a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and authority to bring my members into subjection. I thank you for this moment and the opportunity that each day brings. I know that each day is special, and I am empowered with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. In fact, this is the greatest day of my life, and I am free to exercise all of the gifts and talents you have blessed me with. My hopes and dreams can manifest today, and I approach this moment with great expectation for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance. I stand before you, Lord, naked, offering no excuses or justifications for my shortcomings and weaknesses. I come, Lord, seeking your standard and not those of men. I pray that you will forgive me my sins, known and unknown. Forgive every thought, deed, action, motive, or intent of my heart that is not lined up with your word, your will, or your calling and purpose for my life. Please forgive secret faults and uproot any seed of discontent that has been planted in my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I have held back the tide, and give me a heart to restore every person that I have wronged. Just as you forgive me, I forgive those that have wronged me, and I let go of any art, bitterness, or ill will that I have held in my heart. I will not allow sin and bitterness to cut off the flow of blessings into my life. I repent right now in the name of Jesus, and I receive the power of the blood to cleanse me from all iniquity. I come before you, Lord, with a heart that is after your own, and a mind that has stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and the consequences of sin. I surrender, Lord, and give you total and complete reign over my life. I willingly submit to you in thanksgiving and praise. 
I thank you, Lord, for the relationship and fellowship that you have allowed me to share with you. I thank you for every moment, prayer, word, and opportunity to gain revelation and understanding concerning you. Forgive me for the times I have taken you for granted or moments where I've allowed my focus and discipline to slip. I choose you, Lord, in all of your benefits and denounce all ties and fellowship with the world. I have no place in the world and denounce everything that it offers. You have given me a choice, Lord, and I choose to be in covenant with you. I have crossed the line of no return and I will not look back. Each day I am getting more and more like you and growing further and further from this world. My reality in Christ is more real than what my natural eyes behold, and I know that you are not a million miles away. You are right here with me every step of the way. I will have confidence in you, Lord, concerning every situation I face, every decision I make, and every temptation in my path. Give me an ear, Lord, to hear your instruction, eyes that will not be deceived, and a heart that will remain faithful. My life has been built on the foundation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins and your blood was shed for me. I exercise total faith and confidence in my belief that death was powerless to hold you in the grave and that you rose again and resurrected every dead thing. I receive your resurrection power and declare that there is no dead thing in my life. I speak life in all things pertaining to me. Even now, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life into my relationships, my home, my dreams, my career, and my calling and purpose. Let there be no cracks in my foundation and restore every bone that has been broken. I pray, Lord, that dead branches be pruned for me and my harvest bear much fruit. I offer no resistance and pray that all ungodly distractions be pruned for me, whether they are people, unhealthy relationships, environments, dead situations, ungodly influences, or anything that is not expedient for me. I distance myself right now from every dead thing and release them from my life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I have inherited life through your sacrifice, forgiveness for my sins through your blood, revelation through your word, and I have been empowered by your spirit. I take precious time, Lord, to fully grasp and consider what my relationship with you means. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that I have an adversary that must be fought each day. My adversary is the world and Satan, who is the prince of this world. The world around me is not my home, and each day it becomes more a reflection of Satan, its prince. I am not ignorant to Satan's devices, and I understand that the world is designed for my destruction. The allurement of pleasure and the temptations that cross my eyes are for the purpose of robbing me of everything I have inherited through Christ. Every trap, every lust, and the pride that is in the world are set against me on all sides. The hope that I have is impatiently walking according to your word and staying firm to the covenant I have made with you. The world cannot strip me of my authority, but I can hand it over. I will not be deceived by what I see, hear, or how I feel. If it is not of God, then it is for my destruction. Help me, Lord, to see the spirit behind the temptation. The word tells me that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I rebuke and bind every influence that seeks to draw me away from you. For it is nothing more than a gateway to hell and will rob me of my eternal destiny. Father, I know you are able to do all things, and there is nothing that is impossible for you. Right now, Lord, I remember my first love, and I am prepared today to exercise faith in the light of circumstances. Sacrifice my own wants and desires in order to embrace yours. Stand on the word of God, even if it causes me to be peculiar. Deny my flesh and feelings, regardless of the temptation, and not make decisions based on what I see or think. I will forget about the past and press towards the mark. 
I will walk as a prophet of God, put my head up, and if anybody is there to encourage me, then I will encourage myself. I will not be ashamed to follow the examples of Christ, even in the face of persecution, to think differently in the light of the negative labels and slander I may endure. Nor will I be afraid to take a stand in the minority, even if it seems as if the whole world is standing against me. I am willing to abstain when others are eager to participate, to speak out when my words may cause me to be ostracized, and to believe the Bible even when it is the unpopular thing to do. In other words, I am prepared to live like Jesus. I release my faith right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation I'm in, whatever I'm dealing with, and regardless of what odds are against me, I will be steadfast and unmovable. I am an elite company and encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. The words of this prayer will comfort me, build up my spirit, man, and encourage me in the way. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down Satan and his forces of darkness from any involvement, activity, or distractions in this prayer. I commission my angels to come against every thought, feeling, influence, and hindrance that is set against me. I stand in the gap for my family and friends and pursue the Lord with all of my heart. Even as I hear the words of this prayer, my body is regenerating itself. My body is preparing itself for another productive day. My body is developing according to your plan, and health is being released in all of my organs, tissue, bones, bodily systems, veins, arteries, and muscle. My brain is processing the information consistent with your word and filtering out everything that is not of you. My heart is being protected from all ungodly influences, and my innocence is being guarded. I have and will always have a sound mind that is saturated in your word. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke evil spirits from attaching to me in any way, shape, or form. They have no place, familiarity, or invitation in my life. They do not enter into my eyes, my ears, my mind, or my heart. My spirit, man, has victory over them all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down, and break all generational curses. I decree by the blood of the Lamb and the power given to me as joint heir with Jesus Christ that I will not be the victim of physical, mental, or emotional abuse, nor will I have, serve, or entertain idols or false gods. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I decree that I am not a covenant breaker, and my yea is yea and my nay is nay. I pray, Lord, that you protect me from all hurt, harm, pain, and danger, and those that mean me ill will. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have the patience of Job, the meekness of Moses, the heart of David, the favor of Joseph, the ear of Samuel, the courage of Joshua, the wisdom of Daniel, the zeal of Peter, the love of John, the faithfulness of Abraham, and the boldness of Paul. I abide in the fruits of the Spirit all the days of my life, and even now these fruits are growing in me. Lord, help me to be a person of great faith, consistent in good deeds, and a constant encourager. I will continue to love you with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love my neighbor as myself. In the name of Jesus and the power of your blood, I pray, Lord, that you are first in everything that I do, and I have no priority greater than you all the days of my life. I am eternally connected to you and have an expectation in heaven. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that my face be before the Lord always and that your angels encamp around me and deliver me. Order my steps in the word and design my days according to your will. The Lord touches my mouth and puts his words in it. Lord, I will go wherever you send me and speak whatever you give me to speak. I am not afraid of their faces because your sword protects me at all times. Father, you are my sustainer, my provider, my comforter, my guide, my strength, and most of all, my friend. 
In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I equip myself right now with the whole armor of God that I am covered from head to toe in every aspect of my life. There should be no parts of my life that are exposed on the inside or out, but all should be covered by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I put on the helmet of salvation. I have been redeemed from all traces of poverty, and I rebuke and bind a poverty spirit. You supply all of my needs, and I am blessed all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I speak abundant harvest in my life. My bank accounts are overflowing, and my barns are full. The blessings of the Lord overtake and pursue me all the days of my life. I speak financial security and wholeness over my family and the perfect will of God in my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and curse the spirit of death. I shall not see untimely death, nor shall death have any hold over me. I shall fulfill all of my days, months, hours, years, minutes, and seconds. I have divine order in my life, and death has no grip on me. A thousand shall fall by my side, and ten thousand by my right hand but it shall not come nigh me. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, my feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Peace rests upon me and covers my mind and heart. I have peace in the midst of storms, chaos, and confusion. Your peace comforts me in times of trial and sustains me from being weary. It surpasses all understanding, rendering logic helpless, and my faith sustains me. Father, you are an awesome God. You are not a million miles away, but right here with me each and every day. You walk with me, talk with me, and guide me every step of the way. You love me, and I rest in you, and I know that you are my God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have been empowered with the sword of the Spirit, and I have authority over all power of Satan. I rejoice and celebrate that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The sword of the Lord shall never depart from me, and I speak boldness into my spirit. I rebuke, bind, and cast down the spirit of fear. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When I walk through the waters, you are with me. When I go through the rivers, you help me. And when I pass through the fire, the flame does not kindle upon me. You have set your love upon me, and you protect me all the days of my life. The hedge of protection rests on me, and your fire shall be in my spirit. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, the shield of faith is an extension of my arm. My faith shall not fail me. And I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. If you said it, then I know that you will do it. You shall not withhold any good thing from me, and you are able to perform your word in my life. I fortify my faith by releasing the promises of God into my life. Every word you have spoken concerning my destiny shall be established and come to pass, and my enemies shall not prevail against me. In the name of Jesus, I pray over my marriage. I pray that my marriage will continue to be everything that the Word of God called it to be. My marriage shall be built on faithfulness, trust, loyalty, and a mutual love of God. You shall be the head of my house, at the center of everything we do, and the Word of God shall be the binding and final authority in all matters. I am God's ambassador in my house, and I shall cover my spouse all the days of my life, through my word, examples, character, and deeds. My marriage is blessed and washed in the blood and shall weather any challenges that arise against it. Our love continues to grow stronger each day as the Lord allows us to see more of him in one another. If I am single, then I confess total contentment within myself, wholeness in my life, patience to wait on God, and security in Christ. I am a person of high self-esteem and significant value to the kingdom. I will not compromise my covenant with God, nor will I allow fear to cause me to operate in the fleshly realm. I exercise complete and total control over my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I do not leave any doors open for Satan to sneak in. 
I understand that every relationship is not for me. Every person does not have my best interests. All that glitters isn't gold, and every sugary thing is not sweet. In the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted by counterfeits and wolves in sheep's clothing. I will not lower my biblical expectations, nor will I give in to the pressures of the world. I have total confidence in God and the plan that he has for my life. In the name of Jesus, I surrender my children to you, Lord, and trust you to impart me with the ability and wisdom to raise them in the fear of the Lord. I make a commitment to my children to openly receive the instruction in your word on how to raise them, love them, and properly present them before you at that day. I pray that your calling and purpose will be fulfilled in them and ask that you guide and direct me in all matters concerning them. I shall be careful to represent you before them in everything that I say or do. I commit to live holy before them and set godly examples for them to follow. I shall not be a hypocrite and I shall practice what I preach. I shall be a provider and protector for them and make whatever sacrifices are necessary to ensure them a wonderful life. I shall fight to preserve their innocence and protect them from the brainwashing of the world. My expectation in them shall come to pass and the blessings set out in your words shall be established in them. My children shall see you in everything that I say and do. In the name of Jesus, I seal my soul to the words of this covenant, that it is the declaration of my heart, that every word be lined up with the perfect will of God and line by line with his understanding. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be the final arbitrator of my mind and heart, and that this covenant be in all ways pleasing in the sight of God. I thank you, Lord, that you love me and that you hear me. I thank you, Lord, for a mind to share intimate fellowship with you. I thank you that these words shall be established in my heart and mind, that they shall be a part of me and guide and direct my paths at all times. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and this second chance. I look forward to your return, and I know that nothing that I have done or sacrificed has been in vain. Thank you for this life, who I am in Christ, and for all blessings you have bestowed upon me. Amen. Amen. And good evening. And thank you for joining us right here on LBJ 64, the Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. For those of you that have been listening for a while, we thank you. For those of you that are new, we thank you for joining us so we can enjoy a wonderful Bible study. Yes, it's that time of week again, and uh, I just love it. I can't wait until that time comes. It's always it's just so wonderful to share God's word. Always. Be on the same accord. Amen. Looking for the same thing. That's the praise and worship and lift up the Father. Every day. It's so wonderful. Yes, it is. So we're going to be talking about extreme heat. Mm. It's already hot in here. Oh, is it hot already? <laughs> no. You turn the fan on. Extreme heat. It was so hot today, it was 105 out there today. So, that to me is extreme heat. Well, that, that's wonderful. That's, that's old time summer. I used to know when I was coming up. That's, that, that's how it got hot. That was summertime to me. Well, see, we're going to be talking about a different kind oh, of extreme oh, heat. Oh, okay. I, I got you now. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 10. Verse 10, okay, right there. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. 
he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. When the thing, <clears throat> excuse me, I let you go ahead and finish. I, I'll be right back. Oh, well, okay. She running away. She run away all the time. Uh, yeah, yes, she do. And it's just so wonderful that you uh, you read the verses and I just discuss them and and and, and get everybody. And we're gonna have to get, we get this phone again so people can call in and express their feelings. Matter of fact, we do have your chat box there that uh, you can get there in that chat box and. Uh, and uh, use the chat box to express your feelings. Don't be ashamed to uh, get there and uh, type in that chat box. Let us know uh, what you feel and express your feeling on each word. Go to Stephen Reed. Let us know. Use the chat box. Uh, type it in. Let us know uh, your, uh, your opinion on, on the verse, on the scripture. Let us know what you feel and how you feel about it, too. Would you say use those things? Yes. <clears throat> I had to go call because I didn't want nobody to know what's wrong with her. No. Okay. Don't <laughs> no, make me start laughing. Okay, when things become really painful, some of us reject God completely. For others, there is the temptation to change <clears throat> our view of God and imagine all sorts of bad things about him. <clears throat> the question is, just how hot can it get? Well, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes God, it is hot. God makes it hot to build our what? Character. Character. We should always remember when things get hot, God allows us <clears throat> to get hot so we can get build that character, build a good character, build a strong character, a faithful character. You know, it's not always uh, God not mean because he's a bad God or mean God. He builds a character in you, in yeah. me. That's right, mm -hmm. and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that too. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. You know what we're gonna go in the New Testament, we're gonna okay. go to Romans eight twenty nine. Okay. <clears throat> because the question is how much heat is God willing <clears throat> to risk putting his people through in order to bring about his ultimate purpose of shaping us into the image of the Son. Well, in Romans chapter, what did I say? In Romans chapter 829. 829. Did you find right. it? Oh, we got it right here, 29. Right there, there it is. Okay, for whom he did for no. He also did predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So he already knew. <clears throat> so when we read, when we talked about Genesis, and uh, we talked about Abraham in Genesis 22. So out of nowhere, without no explanation, God suddenly told Abraham <clears throat> to offer his own child as a burnt offering. Can you imagine how Abraham must have felt? It was totally revolting idea that a holy God should request that he sacrifice his own son. Even if Abraham thought that this was acceptable, 
What about God's promise of an inheritance? Without his son, the promise would be gone. Well, you see, that's why, okay, so, <clears throat> that's why Abraham didn't even take the second thought. He just he, did it. He just did it. Mm -hmm. See, he already knew the promises of God. Yeah. He, that's why he had no doubt, no, no, no thought of, well, should I do this? Should I not do it? When God take my only son, he, he knows that this only son, he knew if God told him to do this, that God had something better, or God had something, uh, uh, such as why he's already waiting somewhere to take place. He, he trusted God. He yeah, wasn't worried he was about faithful. See, that's right. See, so that's why I'm going to see that's why I said if God puts you through something, mm -hmm. it is to build a character. He already knew that Abraham had enough faith and believed in him. Because he knew his heart. Yeah, he knew his heart. Because <clears throat> he said God's request and his timing were not random. Indeed, it was calculated to exact the deepest possible anguish. For God had reserved his last, most trying test for Abraham until the burden of years was heavy upon him and he longed for rest. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Was this the test of a mad God? Not at all. The agony which he endured during the dark days of that fearful trial was permitted that he might understand from his own experience something of the greatness of the sacrifice made by the infinite God for man's redemption. <clears throat> in other words, like the saying of Jesus, he understands when God gave his only begotten son, how powerful that was of what God did to redeem us. That's right. He understood that. He understood it. And he understood that. So he knew that God had his back. He knew. It was he only knew. a test. It was only, he knew it had to be a test. And he wasn't going to flop that test. He was going to go right straight ahead and do what God had asked him. Because in other words, see, God never intended for Abraham to kill his son. No. Abraham knew that he knew that. He didn't know why God had asked him to do this. But he knew God was, did not intend for him to kill the only son that he had given him. Exactly. He knew that. He said, I, I, I'm not He didn't know what was going to come about, but he knew somewhere as he was planning, God had something else in plan also. He had another plan for him, yes. So this also highlights something very important about the way God sometimes works. God may ask us to do something that he never intended for us to complete. He may ask us to go somewhere he never intended for us to arrive at. What is important to God is not necessarily the end, but what we learn as we are reshaped by the process. Amen to that. We're going to go to John 8, 56. John. <clears throat> Jesus may have been thinking about Abraham's experience when he said to the Jews. John 8, 56. Let me know when you are there. All right, I got it. Go with it. 
When he said to this Jew, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Abraham could have missed out on this insight, dismissing the instructions as from Satan. The key to Abraham surviving and learning through the whole process was knowing God's voice. Right. Amen to that. Knowing God's voice. Knowing when God spoke to him that it was God. No doubt about it. So how do you know the voice of God? That's a good question. How we need to be asking, how do we know the voice of God? <laughs> well, well, you see, you see, Abraham knew uh, God's voice because he had built a relationship with God. That's he what I'm saying. So, yeah. in other words, it's the same thing with us. Yes, we have to build a relationship. You got to commune with yes, Him every right. day. Got to commune. We got to talk with God. Amen. We, right. We have to talk. That's the same way uh, um, Adam did. Adam had a relationship with God. And him and God talked every day. Uh-huh. Walked in the in, in the Garden of Eden every day. Every in day. In the cool of the day. Right. That's what prayer is. That's why Satan just shakes and trembles when we pray. Because he knows when we pray, that's war. That's war. Right. We're doing what? We're in prayer. We're talking with our Heavenly Father. We're communing with God. We're talking. And he don't understand that. We're praying we're talking with God. Satan do not like that. He hates that. Because even the weakest Christian that's on their knees have power through Christ Jesus. Amen to that. Amen. So Amen. how do you know when God is talking to you? How do you know? Through his word. Through his word. Look his in the word. Bible. Read the Bible. If you read the word, you'll know that God is talking to you, with you. You will know that. You know His word. When you hear that word, you hear God talking. And not only that, we got to remember when God tells you something, He's not going to go against what His word says. That's right. And when you <coughs> read that word, God speaks through other people to you too. That's true. If you, are, if you know the word and somebody comes to you and you know that word, you'll know that God has spoke through that person to you because you know the word. Amen. That is so true. The story of Hosea has some powerful lessons to teach us. Hosea's situation is remarkable. His wife, Gomer, runs away and has children with other men. Though she is sexually unfaithful, God calls Hosea to take his wife back and fully show his love to her again. Now this story is meant as a parable about God in Israel. The Israelites had left God and were prostituting themselves spiritually to other gods. But God still loved them and wanted to show his love to them. But just look at God's method. We're going to go to Hosea chapter 2 and verse 1. In Hosea in the Old Testament Hosea. There it is, right, right, right there. And chapter chapter two. 2. We're going to start in verse 1. Say ye unto your brother, Ami, and to your sister, Muhammad, Muhammad, plead with your mother, plead 
for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. Romans 3. Lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day that she was born, and make her as a wilderness, and set her like a dry land, and slay her with thirst. And I will not have mercy upon her children, for they be the children of whoredom. For their mother hath played the harlot, she that conceived them have done shamefully, for she said, I will go after my lovers, that give me my bread and my water, and my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. You know, six now. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns, and make a wall that she shall not find her paths. And she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband. For then was it better with me than now. For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil, and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for them. Therefore will I return and take away my corn in time thereof, and my wine in the season thereof, and will recover my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. And now will I discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and none shall deliver her out of my hand. Number 11. I will also cause her mirth to cease her feast days, her noon moons, and her Sabbath, and all her solemn feasts. And I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, whereof she has said, These are my rewards that my lovers have given me. And I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. So, what method does God say he will use to pull Israel back to himself? Now, we're going to read in Hosea 2, 3 again. He will plead with your mothers, plead, for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoredom out of her sight. Well, you know, the Lord tells us that too. You know, when we take other gods before him, he tells us to put away those gods out of his sight. So that's sin. That's sin. To put any other yeah. god before him. Exactly. Anything. That means some of us love our automobile. We love our money. We love our clothes, we love our houses, we love our uh, shoes, uh, whatever it may be that you make that your God. He tell you to put that aside. Don't put that before him. So basically, that's what we're doing. We are spiritual adulterers when it comes to our Lord. That's right. We put all things before him. He said put nothing before him. Nothing. Nothing exactly. should come before him. And so, we, find, we find ourselves doing that. Well, I mean, we may not realize it. But we're doing it. But we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Anything that you worship that comes before God is your God. And so that's spiritual adultery. That's right. So this story raises two important issues 
about the way we experience God when he is bringing us to repentance. First, we risk not recognizing that God is at work. When Israel went through such hard and painful experience, it might have been hard for them to recognize that their God was working for their salvation. When our path is blocked by sharp thorns, or we are walled in so that we don't know where we are going, and that was in Hosea 2.6, is this God? When our basic necessities disappear, or we are embarrassed, could our father be in the middle of it all? Yes, he can. Yes. Building a character. Yes, that, that's building a character. Or maybe we have a character that should be removed mm. that God don't want that. Maybe we are putting something between oh. ourselves and God. Mm. And God said, hey, I need to remove that. That's a character I told you you should not have. You are wasting too much time on that instead of me. You're not reading your Bible. Right, but you right. are going you are to, not communing with me. Right. Right, you're not communing with me, but you're going to the gambling boat too much. Mm. Or you are spending too much time in the place to sell the suits and the shoes too much. And God will allow something to change that character and to happen to change that character because you have the wrong God. So mm. sometimes we need to stop and look in the mirror and say, Lord, what is, yeah, what is it you're trying to teach me or show me right. that I am doing that I need to stop doing instead of saying, Lord, why me? Or why is this happening to me? And right. ask him to show you what you need to stop doing or what you need to do. Because he's building the cancer. There's a reason why Things are going the way they're going in your life. See, and you're right. The truth is, whatever we feel, God is always working to bring us to repentance. Yeah, you, that's because right. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. See, because we, you got to remember, we are sinners. Yeah. Dirty, nasty, rags. Mm -hmm. God is always trying to clean us up. Trying to bring us, you know, sometimes our pride gets so in the way, he has to bring us down, allow us to be brought down to the ground in order for us to look up. So he can lift us up. That's right. So the second issue is we risk misunderstanding God when he is at work. We may recognize that God is at work, but we don't like what he is doing. Shoot. Because what he's doing is changing and building the character to remove what we like. Mm. Mm. So we don't like what he's doing because he's taking away what we do like. That's correct. And building a better character and a better human being in us. And you know what? That is true. So while we are feeling hurt and embarrassed, it is easy to blame God for being cruel for not intervening or for not caring, but God always working to renew us through his covenant of love. Thank you. Amen. We, we got to recognize Amen. it is painful. I agree. But you know what? If we didn't feel the pain, we wouldn't change. 
if you had a heart attack mm. and went to the hospital and they revived you and prepared you and got you better, mm. it did not happen with good feeling. Exactly. When you recover, exactly. it was pain. It was pain. It'll be pain until you got back up on your feet. And you'll start working on trying to get your health back in order by eating right, by exercising, by following instructions and it for your be, health. It would be pain until you recover all the way. All the way. That's the way God works in us. It would be pain mm, until right. He cleanses you all the way. And so we're going to go to chapter, we're going to stay in two, we're going to go to verse 14. Oh, 14, okay. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. We're going to do 15. I will give her her vineyard from thence and the valley of Acre for a door of hope, and she shall sing there, and as in the days of her youth, and as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. <clears throat> We're going to continue. And it shall be that day, said the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishi, and shall call me no more Baal. For I will take away the names of Balaam out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by her name. Because you see that with the work that God mm -hmm. is doing in, in him and, and changing his people. That's right, because he's also saying, In that day will I make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of the heaven and with the creeping things of the ground, and I will break the bow and the sword and the battle out of earth, and I will make them to lie down safely. I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in the righteousness, in righteousness and in judgment, and in loving kindness, and in mercy. So what does this passage reveal about God? It, re it reveals his love, his grace, his mercy for his, his children. His goodness. His goodness. His goodness. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? His goodness. Not that he's a bad God, his but his goodness, love, his mercy. his mercy, and his goodness. His long suffering, his long suffering for, us. for us. I'm for telling us. you, a good God, a merciful God, That's it. a loving God, a kind and caring God. That's it. So we're we going to stop right there to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk more about God and His mercy right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Keeping Bible Study Hour.
We apologize for the inconvenience, you know, when you're talking live and you want music and things don't always work out the way it's planned because the devil is trying to be busy. Well, we're going to continue on with um, <clears throat> Extreme Heat, and it is called the Surviving Through Worship. So we're going to continue to talk until we can get this music on and, and take another break whenever we get some music in there. But we just want to thank you for those that have joined us right here on NOPJ 64, the Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour, and we're talking about extreme heat. Sometimes you're in the fire. That's what I call the fire. In the fire because what God is trying to show us is hard sometimes, it's dark sometimes, and it's very painful. But when it's over, you'll thank and praise God that he has kept you and he has brought you to a place of repentance. That is the biggest thing when we are going through trials and tribulations of this world. So there is something astonishing here. We're going to go to Job. So what caused Job's suffering? And we're going to be doing Job chapter 1 and verse 6. <clears throat> now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And then we're going to do uh, Job chapter 2. And verse 10. Job chapter 2 and verse 10. Did you end up finding I think we have something. Let me take, see if we can take a break and come right back. You know, the devil gets busy and yeah, always want to interrupt. But I tell you what, so we're going to continue to move on. That's what happens when it's live. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Joe, uh, uh, he can't stop God's work. That's right. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Thanking you for your actions, praising you for your ways, because you are God. We find ourselves constantly thanking you because you're constantly blessing us. And because we have an attitude of gratitude, we can't help but to react to your actions. 
That's why we stop once again, Lord, as humble as we know how to constantly, constantly, constantly thank you.
lift your hands right now and take a wave off you. Just think of his goodness and how he's brought you through. How he's made a way out of nowhere. Oh, somebody ought to get a, a word of thanksgiving in your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Aaron C. Clay, Evans, and uh, AAC Master Boy. That's right. So we finally got you some music in there and took that little break. So we thank you for continuing joining with us right here on LPJ 64 for Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing. Now we're going to be talking a little bit about Job and Job chapter 1, verse 6. Oh. What called Job suffering? Sorry, Job chapter 1, verse 6. All right. We go in verse 6. <clears throat> now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. But there's something astonishing here. The angels come to see God, and Satan comes with them. God asks Satan where he has been, and Satan replies in Job chapter 1 7. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. <clears throat> so then God poses this question Have you considered my servant Job? The question itself is not remarkable. What is remarkable is the one who asked it. Who asked it? Who asked? Who asked the question? Yeah. Who asked the question? <laughs> he wasn't even listening. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, well, like you said, God posed God posed the question. Now, God asked God the one. He asked the question. That's the remarkable yeah, thing. That's about remarkable. It. God asked Satan. See. So it, so what he's saying is Satan is a it isn't Satan who points out Job. It is God that points out yeah, Job God, God for, said, for the examiner. Yeah, God said and, and the Lord said to Satan, Have you taken note of my servant Job? Mm -hmm. For there is no one like him in the earth, a man without sin mm -hmm. and an upright. You hear that? Right. God, did you hear what God just asked Satan? So, in other words, it's God. He knows exactly what he's going to follow. God calls Job to Satan's attention. Yeah, love this. So, said, oh, Job had, okay, go ahead. He said, oh, my friend, God, and keep himself from evil. Hmm. Do you, do you hear God is giving him a man that fears God? He, 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 he keeps himself from evil. He's mm -hmm. upright. I mean, look at it. Listen to what God is telling. He's a good servant. Mm -hmm. He fears him. He fears God. He lives right. He's an upright man. He's upstanding. He listen to what God is telling. Have you considered this man right here? Mm -hmm. Huh? So, go, ahead. So, go ahead. Go ahead and tell me what Satan said. What Satan okay, said. what verse was that? Now, we're in verse 9. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Don't Job fear God for naught? Has, I'm going to tell you now, has not thou made a head about him and about his house and about all that he have on every side? 
Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Now, 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 now he, he's telling God, now, you, 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 you know I can't, I can't do nothing with him. But you got a hedge around him. But you, 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 got, you got him all covered up, God. Why, why are you suggesting him to me when you got him covered? You know I, I can't do nothing with him. Well, listen to what he says in 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put forth not thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. But let me let me say this okay. before we go on. Right. See, we got to remember that Job has absolutely no idea how hot his crucible is about to become. And though it's very clear that it is Satan and not God who causes Job's suffering. That's right. That's right. So it is also clear that it is God who gives the implicit permission for Satan to do what he did. Yeah, he got allowed this. See, God exactly. allowed this. He allowed Satan to do this. See, but Satan causes it. God doesn't cause it. But Satan calls this. He allows, he allows Satan too. But he allows, mm -hmm. he gives Satan permission. That's the permission. Let me put it like that. He gives Satan permission to do it. But God doesn't allow, doesn't put it on uh, uh, Job. He doesn't call Job to have this. But he gives Satan permission to do this. So I got a question. So if God has given permission for Job to suffer, what difference does it make whether God or Satan is personally inflicting the suffering? I can tell you. Tell. The difference is God knows how much you can bear. Thank you. I was waiting on you to bring that out. That God is giving permission and he knows how much Joe can stand. That's so right. he can say, oh, stop. That's now. Right. He can stop it right now. Mm -hmm. That's why he said, I will not put no, no more on what you, you, can you, can, you can bear. That's why he can say that. That's exactly why he said, I will put no more on you than you can bear. Because he allows it. That's right. So how does Job respond to the trial? We're going to go down to 20 and 21. Okay, 20 and 21. Then Job arose and rent his mouth, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground, and worshipped, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. So, it is possible to respond to such suffering in two ways. We can become bitter and angry, turn our backs on God, we believe to be cruel or non-existent, or we can hang on to God more tightly, like Job deals with this catastrophic by saying it is God's presence and we'll start worshiping him. But, so it's up to us. Well, Job, now mm. see, Job dealt with it in this way because having faith, having faith in mm -hmm. God, mm -hmm. Not doubting his word. That's it. Not questioning why it's happening, but knowing that it's happening, but there's a reason. And if there's a God is allowing this to happen, there's a reason. 
and not doubting that God's going to see you through it, and he's going to see you through it, and when he sees you through it, you're going to have more than you did when you went into it. That's right. So we see three aspects of worship that may help when in anguish. First, <clears throat> Job has accepted his helplessness, and he recognized he has no claim. <coughs> Excuse me. And naked, he said, I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. That's right. He realized. Mm -hmm. I didn't have nothing when I come out of my mother's womb. I didn't have nothing when I went in. When I was born, when I was conceived, I had nothing. When I come out, I had nothing. So, what I have to complain about. That's right. And second, Job also acknowledged that God is still in control. There you go. God is still in control. So the Lord gave and the Lord take it away. That's right. So what do I have to worry about? And what? then he that's correct. So he also concludes by reasserting his belief in the righteousness of God. May the name of the Lord be praised. Amen. So, so he's he, done all he, those things he, because he knew he, God was gonna give him again. Faith. It comes down to what? Faith. Yes, he did not worry about what he was going through. He had the faith God was going to bring him through. It didn't matter about what he was going through. No. He said, I got faith that God is going to see me through. So whatever you do, Lord, I, it's all in your control. There you it's go. It's to keep me as I continue to pray. He lived on the promises of God. And he had faith that the promise God gave him. See, Satan did not know. <laughs> That's, see, this is what we got to realize. Yeah. Is God asked Satan about Job because he knew Job would not let him down. Yeah. He knew Job. Because he knew Job's heart. He knew Job hard. Yeah. Satan did not know Job hard. But God did. But God did. Satan just knew Job, and God allowed him to take away Job's earthly things. His cows, made his children, made his wife sick, and took away all his earthly uh, possessions. Mm -hmm. Job will deny God. But see, God knew his heart. Job was not tied up in these things. These things did not matter to Job. He knew his but helplessness. He knew that God was in total control and he still praised him. And so, that's what Satan lost. Satan didn't know he had already lost the war before he started. Amen. I love that. That is so good. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse... What? Second Corinthians in the New Testament in chapter eight and nine. Second Corinthians chapter one verse eight and nine. All right, second. Second Corinthians chapter one verse eight and nine. So we gotta remember we are under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed we felt we had received a sentence. Of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God to raise the dead. So, in Second Corinthians chapter one and verse eight and nine, we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, 
above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. Amen. 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 So we got to trust in him. We got to rely on him in everything in this world so that we can make it to the kingdom. That's so right. No matter what you're going through, no matter the pain and suffering, if you lost loved ones, if you're sick, praise him through your tears. Praise that's, him through the tears and the pain that you're enduring. That's what Job did. See, did. That's, that's what Satan knows. Job going to praise him no matter what. Job no praise him. And Job give him strength. That's give him right. peace that surpasses all understanding. All understanding. Well, tell you what, it's been another great night oh, on the Bible great. study. No matter what, what the devil tried to do, God worked it out. He worked it out. We got another beautiful song for you by the uh, uh, keynotes and uh then we'll be back with uh, we'll be back with closing prayer and we'll be back with our email address so keep it locked in on LPJ sixty four. Uh Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible study hour and we truly have enjoyed this extreme heat. We weren't talking about the heat outside. We was talking about the heat and what God allow us to go through to transform our character into his likeness. Listen, Robert, I want you, Gino, and Jeffrey to ease up to this mic. And I want y'all to sing this song for me. So many people have said, Willie, so go back and sing some of them old songs that y'all have sang in a long time. And I want y'all to take y'all time and sing this song just for me. And I mean y'all better sing it too. You hear me? Fellas? Take your time. Sing, y'all.
I could sing like that. I'd be all right if I could sing like that. You wouldn't have to, right. you wouldn't have to sing Robert. I'd be singing on my stuff. So we just want to thank you tonight for joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. If you have any Bible questions or you need prayer, you can email us at R-O-B-T. G-I-N-A-50 at gmail.com and we're going to do closing prayer and and just just want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray 
and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. bundle of blessings. Have a blessed week and we'll be back once again on Wednesday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. on LPJ Bible Study Hour. Have a blessed night.